Um, it's good here, isn't it? It is actually good. Do you like it here? I like it here. No, you, you don't understand. I get up in lots of churches and I'm like, wow, it's good here. And I'm lying, yeah? I'm like, it's not good. It is not good. I had to get up there the week after um, the worship was led by a guy with a banjo. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's, there's nothing good about that. That is the devil's instrument right there. <laughs> oh, it's probably someone playing a banjo right now feeling, yeah, this is the devil's instrument. So the thing is, I, uh, I love it here, and I'm, I'm a big fan of football, and I'm a big fan of God. I don't know, is there any football fans in the room? A few people, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, today is the um, second city derby that, like, no one cares about. And uh, <laughs> it's the only, the only people that care about it is you. No one else is bothered. No one cares. I, uh, I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. Uh, right, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I've got a friend called Derek who's a minister, and he um, when Bolton, he's a massive Bolton fan, and when Bolton were in the Premiership, he used to get tickets to see all the big games, and so he was Bolton against Chelsea. He asked if I'd like, yeah, I definitely want to go. We got these tickets really close to the, the away fans, the Chelsea fans. There's a fence, the Chelsea fans are there, Derek's sitting next to me, and in the first half, Bolton score. It says Bolton won, Chelsea nil. And Derek is going crazy. He's going mad. And then with three minutes of the game to go, Chelsea equalise. Oh, the Chelsea fans get up. They're going crazy. They're going nuts. They run across to the fence. They're screaming through the fence. They're shouting at us. And I think they were saying, may your mother be blessed. Yeah, I think... I think it was that. It was definitely something about mothers. And uh, they were like screaming at us. <laughs> and uh, basically Derek is not, I mean, he's not happy. He's not happy. He's not dealing with it well. Like Derek, calm down. It's going to be okay. And then with the last kick of the game, right at the end of the match, Chelsea score the winner. Bolton won, Chelsea two. The Chelsea fans are all up dancing, going crazy. My friend Derek gets up and he starts running towards the fence, towards the Chelsea fans. I'm thinking, oh, it's probably going to be safe here, but it's probably going to be funny with him, yeah? So I thought, I'm going with him. So I went, and uh, I'm saying, Derek, Derek, remember, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a minister, yeah? you got to like, oh, you got to be steady, and don't say anything you're going to regret. And he got up against the fence. He was so angry. And he just was like, ah, I hope, I hope you get stuck in traffic. I thought, wow, what a great chant that is, isn't it? I hope you get stuck in traffic, yeah? I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Just mild inconvenience, yeah? It's like, what a great Christian chance. It's good. It's good. But I'm so excited about what I feel God's burning in my soul to speak to you about today. And I don't know if you've got a Bible, but if you have, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua chapter 1, and those of you that know um, the story, is that God had called Moses, and Moses led the people of Israel for a long time. And there was a long season of wandering in the wilderness. But then 
God, Moses is dead. Now Joshua is the leader. And God speaks to Joshua. And you can see it in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. And this is what the Bible says. God speaks to Joshua and he says this. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, I feel God has asked a Scottish guy to come and speak to your soul today and to say, be strong and courageous. Take courage. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. Whatever situation you're in, whatever is going on in your life, let me speak for me. I've got a bit of a family situation going on with my son right now. And God's speaking to me and saying, Mark, I'm not going to change the circumstances overnight. I'm speaking to you, Mark. Be strong and be courageous. We love those sermons where, you know, the preacher comes and God's got his big magic wand and he kind of like makes everything change, yeah? And I'm sure if I preached a sermon called, hey, God's going to sort it all out. Don't you worry yourself. We'd all be like, yeah. But you know what? Some of us are in difficult, tough circumstance and God's speaking to your soul and saying, stand to your full height and be strong and be courageous. Be bold. Wow. The people of Israel had been wandering for 40 years. They'd been in, they, 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 Moses had led them and they'd been away for such a long time. And I find that fascinating because sometimes um, our wanderings can lead to wandering. It, it begins to, we begin to ask questions. We begin to kind of like, what's the purpose? What, what am I on this planet for? What, what am I meant to be doing on a Monday morning? What is, what, what's life all about? And we begin to wonder because we're wandering. You see... I feel to come and speak to you and say that your, your soul's home is found in God. That's where your soul's home is. And things are never going to be right and things are never going to be sorted until you're home. Until you're home found in the arms of God. I believe that I'm speaking to some people in the room and, and you've wandered, you've wandered far from God. You've strayed from God. Maybe you're here for the first time today and in the music you can feel something going on but you feel like you're distant from it. You've strayed far from God. You've wandered far from God. But I want to tell you that God 
wants you to come home today. He wants you to come home. He wants you to be found in his arms. He's calling you. He's calling you home today. Wherever you are, whatever's going on, whatever the situation is, God wants you to be found in his arms. I, uh, I've got a m- great job. I get the massive privilege of like going around the world and speaking to people about God. And it often leads to kind of quite weird moments. And a couple of years ago, I was really busy in the summer and I was doing some youth events in America. And then I was flying back from America, getting off the plane at Heathrow and getting onto another plane and flying to Austria to do a youth conference that had already started. And um, I was exactly what was chatting about there. I was oozy. I don't know if you've ever had that time where jet lag or you've been and you're far from home. You can't remember what your name is, yeah? And you're like, oh, man, I don't feel. And I was like, came back and... What happened is, as I got into Heathrow, jumped on the plane, got to Austria, a man picked me up, and I'm sitting in the car, and he says, Mark, we're going to have about an hour's journey into the mountains. We're going to get to the conference. He says, your office has agreed that you would like to go canyoning. They had got in touch with my office when I was in America and said, do you think Mark would like to go canyoning? And because my office hate me, yeah, they were like, yeah, he'd love that. They don't even know what canyoning is, right? They're just like, yeah, he'd love that. He'd love that. So this guy says, oh, listen, you know, you're going you're gonna to get out the car. A man's going to hand you a towel. You're going to get in a minibus. You're going canyoning. So, oh, man. Oh, man. So sure enough, we arrive, a guy gives me a towel, I get in a minibus, and we're now going through the mountains, and I am quickly looking around, and there are two things that I understand very quickly. Number one, everyone in the minibus is male. Looking around, everyone's a male. Number two, everyone except the driver and me is of the ages of 11 to 14. Now that is terrifying. That is terrifying. I'm quickly looking and I'm thinking, oh no, everybody's between, because boys are 11 to 14. They do not care if they live or if they die. Yeah? If you're like 12, you're not bothered. You're just like, you're up for life. I was at a youth event recently and one lad said to the other lad, oh, I wonder what it's like being on fire. And so he thought, yeah, I'm going to try that. And he set himself on fire. Yeah, that's what 12-year-old boys do, yeah? And when they're in a big group, they share a brain, yeah? They all, they've got one brain between the whole group of them, and it just depends who's got it at what time. So, oh, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, this is bad. And sure enough, it was bad. Because we got to the first jump. We got to the first jump, and the first jump was seven meters, 22 feet. Those of you that don't know what canyoning is, it's basically jumping off the side of mountains into deep pools. That's what it's And we're like, we're up there, and I'm just like thinking, oh, man, this is horrendous. I'm up there, I'm looking, I'm terrified. Now, you've got to understand, these 11 to 14-year-old boys, they are throwing themselves, they're not even looking to see if there's water at the bottom, Yeah. <laughs> They are just like, wow, wow, they're 
loving it. I'm, oh. I'm at the back. I get to the end. I'm looking down. I'm last. And I'm looking down. And the leader of the group, he's an Austrian. So he only speaks German. So he's shouting up at me in German. I'm looking down at him. I'm like, I'm Scottish. I can barely speak English. You know what I mean? I'm looking down. I'm thinking, oh, man. And he did that thing, and you guys have done this. You know when you say to someone in your language, and they don't understand, and you think, oh, they didn't get that, so I'll say it again louder, yeah? And that doesn't make any difference, yeah? And I'm looking, he's shouting up to me in German. I'm like, no, no. And I'm looking, and I'm thinking, oh, man. And he's pointing, he's pointing. And he's pointing, and he's going like that. And I'm thinking, I really hope... That is like the international language of don't jump there, yeah? Because if that means, yep, that's good to go, yeah? And then he's pointing and he's going like that, yeah? I'm thinking, oh, please let that be the place to jump. I hope he's not going, yep, there are definitely mountains, there's definitely jaggy bits down there, yeah? You'll die if you jump there, yeah? So, oh, I'm looking down. And then I have this moment of realization. I'm not going to understand. I don't get, we don't understand each other. I'm not understanding it. But I suddenly realize I've got to have this moment where I've got to trust him. I've got to trust him. And I think, yeah. And I take a leap of faith and I jump in. And you know, today, you might be here. This is the first time. You might be thinking, what is this? I don't fully get everything. I don't understand it all. You're thinking, oh, the band, the music and the words. And why were people doing that with their hands? What is that? Maybe you were like looking and you were thinking, I don't fully get what this Scottish guy is fully on about. And maybe you're not going to get the whole complexity of God in these next 15 minutes. But there's this moment where you look and you think, God, I don't fully understand, but I trust you. And I take a leap of faith. I step out into nothing and find God. God is not going to see you crash on the rocks. God is not going to see you devastated. But God is going to be there for you. And he's calling you to leap into his arms. You see, I believe and feel that there are people and you have wandered and strayed far from the heart of God. But God is calling you home. He's calling you home. That you would come and find yourself in the arms of God. See, I love this. I'm here today to speak to you and say, be strong and courageous. Because I love this story of Joshua. Because what Joshua does is God speaks to him and God says, be strong, be courageous, do not be discouraged. And then Joshua, he gathers the people together just like this, a meeting of lots of people. And he preaches out of his skin. He lays it down the, the, the law. He absolutely goes for it. But then there's this moment in Joshua 1. We see it in verse 16. But let's catch up with it in verse 17, where the people speak back to Joshua. They say, just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. 
Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. They speak back to Joshua. They say to Joshua, Joshua, that is brilliant, wonderful. We're listening to what you've got to say. But oh, Joshua, listen, you must be strong and courageous. Joshua, you must lead us in a culture of dare. You must lead us in a daring culture. You must, oh, Joshua, you must take us way beyond what you'd ever dream or imagine. Joshua, we want you to lead us in this bold, audacious culture. See, I want to take you back up onto that mountainside again. There I am in Austria. We did three or four more jumps and it was good, but each jump was getting higher all the time. And then we got to the last jump. The last jump was nine meters, 29 feet. And we're there. And even the 11 to 14 year old lads are now looking over the side. And they're looking. And I am there and I promise you I'm terrified. I'm done. I've done the first one. I've done a few more. But now this is too much. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is bad. I'm looking down. This is bad. And these young lads, they don't speak English. But one lad, he just had a few words. And he came over. And I'll never forget it. He's probably about 13. And he came over and he said, you, um, you are, um, how you say, you are um, a baby. Naughty nosed little 13 year old boy who just called me a baby. You need to know I jumped off that stinking thing. I jumped off that stinking thing, and at the bottom, I was like, No, baby, no, baby. Yeah, you see, if I'd have been there with you, I'd have probably been like, Oh, come on, guys, we've done well, we've done a few jumps. Let's go and have a cup of tea at the minibus, yeah? We've done, we've not, we have got nothing to prove. We don't need to prove anything to anyone. Let's go back. But that little lad, he just provoked me. He provoked me and he provoked me and he just got something out of me that I didn't even know was inside of me. He kind of just dared me and he dared me and I thought, right, you stinking little rat bag. I'm doing this, yeah? I am doing this. And I'm here today, and I feel that it's such a defining time for me to be here because, guys, I love this church. I love the vibe of what's going on here. I love the venue. I love what God's on with, but I'm speaking to your soul right now, and I'm saying, do you know what? God has got bigger and greater things for you. Now is not the time for you to get complacent. Now is not the time for you to settle into mediocrity. Now's not the time for you to go, do you know what? We've done well. We've done good. We're doing okay. We're doing, this is a good church. There's all people coming. This is lovely. God is challenging you right now. And he's provoking you. And he's saying, no, let us dare greatly. Let us do more than we would ever have dreamed or imagined. Let us go beyond what we ever thought we could go. 
Oh, that I'm stirring you up today that you would be like, oh, God, don't let me just be settling in the middle lane. But God, let, let me go for everything. I'm speaking to you today and saying that there's someone in this room. And you know, in the next few weeks, God's going to nudge you to put your hands on someone with cancer and believe that Jesus will heal them in the powerful name of the Lord. It's like, oh man, risky. What if God doesn't heal them? We're standing at the brink. What if God doesn't heal them? What if God does? What if God I'm here to stir you up that you would maybe be willing and ready to speak to that friend about God. That you would maybe be willing to say, do you know what? Oh, it's risky. 2018, there's hundreds of reasons why you don't want to speak about Jesus in your workplace or with your mate on the bus. But you're like, oh God. Oh God, I want to dare greatly. I want to do something that surprises me. I want to do so. I want to live a life where I, I, I'm achieving more than I ever thought I could. I'm speaking to someone who's got a business and you're playing it safe and God's saying to you, it's time for you to stop playing it safe and take a few risks and, and take a few chances. And they go, oh, we're at the brink. We're at the brink. And God's saying, come on, let us dare greatly. You know, like I'm saying to you, you know, this church, you could get by by playing it safe. You could do well. Things would be okay. No one would notice for quite a while. But you know what? I'm saying, come on, church. Come on, church. Let us dare greatly. Let us do way beyond what we ever dreamed or imagined. Have we got enough faith in the room to believe that miracles could begin to happen in this place? That people begin to talk around the, the area about what is going on in this room. Because there's a group of people that said, we're not playing it safe. We're, we're going to step out. We're going to risk. Let us be strong and courageous. I, um, I went to Bible college. And some of you can pick up from my accent. I'm from Edinburgh. And after Bible college, God called me. Uh, to work in Barnsley, I obviously did something very, very bad. And uh, I'm working there in Barnsley and God calls me after a few years of being based in the church to become an evangelist and I'm working as an evangelist. But everywhere I go, there's Christians. I'm invited to speak at all these events, but everywhere I'm going, there are Christians. And I'm saying, God, I want to be in front of unchurched people. My wife gets me uh, booked in and we both go and see a, a show by a guy called Dave Gorman. He's a guy who's on telly a lot. He's a comedian. He's very funny. He's not a Christian, but he's got a, an agenda that he's pushing forward. And we're laughing and we're loving it. And God speaks to me in the theater and God said, I want you to try that. I want you to do that. I'm like, God, I'm a pastor. I've been to Bible college. I'm a preacher. What are you talking about? And God's like, I want you to have a go. I want you to try. So we book a theater in the outskirts of Nottingham. And there's 70 people come to this little theater. And I do a comedy show. And in the middle of the comedy show, I weave the gospel in. And I put the gospel message out there. 
the, the place was full and, 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 and there were lots of unchurched people there and it was amazing. And at the end, five people responded to God. Five people said, well, I want to become a Christian. I'm up for that. I was absolutely buzzing. But I'd invited the senior leader, um, church leader, who I respected a lot. I'd invited him to come and he came and at the end he, he came down in front. Now you've got to understand, I, I'm a, I, I was doing this show for the first time. There were moments that were hilarious. People were laughing, slapping their legs, clapping. This is funny. There were also moments that were horrendous. <laughs> Have you ever been in a room where the tumbleweed, and then back again? I mean, he came and spoke to me at the end. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Mark, what's all this about? You trying to be on TV? You trying to be famous? Is this what this is about? He goes, um, it was embarrassing today. He goes, there were moments where I was looking at the floor and I was like, what is this? He goes, I wanted to leave halfway through. It was embarrassing. He goes, Mark, stop trying to be a, a TV star and a comedian. And, and he says, get back to preaching in churches. That was embarrassing 10 out of 10 and he walks off have you ever had one of those moments where you're like thanks for the feedback yeah <laughs> off he went we're driving back in the car my wife my wife's called Tamsin and and she's talking away and she's excited and she says man there's five people put their hands up responded to God she says oh man she says like there were so many unchurched in the room you were lively you were engaging Mark it was great and I says oh, I'm, I'm not doing it again she's like what do you mean I told her what this leader had said oh, I don't know if you've ever seen your wife or your partner or your family member when they get so angry that the vein in their neck actually comes out of the neck and walks around the car. Have you ever seen that? I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it is terrifying. She says, listen to me. Listen to me. I looked up to God and God was like, I would listen to her. Yeah, I would. I'd listen to her. God was like, I'm listening to her, so you should listen to her. I was like, oh. She says, Mark, it is true that some of the stories you told out loud, you must never say them ever again, yeah? She goes, but we can change that. She goes, we can, we can sort those one or two stories. But you were up there, you were alive, you were engaged. Five people who were not going to heaven are now going to heaven. There were lots of people that were unchurched that were in that room. You are doing it again. We changed a few things and we started to tour the show around Britain. And then the crowds got bigger and bigger. And then we were in Lincoln and there was 800 people in this theater in Lincoln. And 120 people made a first time response for God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? 120. So amazing. But what I didn't know was that that guy who was there the first night, he was, he was there. He was, he was at the back. I never knew. He comes to the front. He's like, Mark, that was amazing. 
He goes, you've got to do this again. This is absolutely brilliant. I'm like, look, I'm thinking as soon as he stops talking, I am going to let him have it, yeah? I am going to let him have it. And God's like, no, 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 no. Fingers on lips. No, no, no. Be the bigger man. Be the bigger man. As he finished, I went, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And off he went. And now I talk about him all over the world, yeah? And it's like, uh, never use his name. Never use his name. Praise the Lord. The thing is, you see, the thing is, is that like, when we hear those stories, when we read the incredible stories, we think it's all going to be easy and brilliant from the beginning. But, you know, when we're trying for stuff, when we're trying for stuff, it's not always plain sailing. It's not always clean and nice and tidy and easy. Risking some stuff. We make some mistakes. We get a, a few things wrong. Things are not all tidy and easy. But you know what? I would rather live on that side of the world where I'm like, oh, I'm going to try for some stuff. I'm going to try for some stuff. I'm going to throw myself out there. I'm not just going to play it nice and easy. See, church has got this tagline at the moment all around the world. They've got this tagline about excellence. And I believe in excellence. But sometimes I get nervous that we're running after excellence and we're nervous about taking risks. I want to take risks. I want to mess up. I want to mess up. I want to make mistakes. I want to try for some stuff. I'm like, oh God, I didn't quite get that right, but I'm going for it. You see, guys, we've got an amazing opportunity tonight. When I was 15 years old, I used to, well, I lived in Musselburgh, I mean, get the bus up to Edinburgh, and I used to go to the Edinburgh Fringe, the biggest comedy festival in the world. And I used to watch comedians, and they would be, ripping Jesus Christ to shreds. They would be ripping Christianity to pieces. They would say all kinds of horrendous things. And as a young lad, I sat there and said, one day I'm going to be at that, on that stage and I'm going to be lifting up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. And two years ago, I was at the Edinburgh Festival. We sold out and we did this comedy show. And it went absolutely brilliant. And in the middle, we, we, we weaved in the great gospel message. And I'm so excited that we're here tonight. I'm going to be doing my fringe show, 55 minutes. you come, you'll laugh. You'll have a great night. But what about thinking about bringing someone? Texting someone this afternoon and saying, oh, there's a Scottish guy. You ought to come. He's sold out of the fringe. He's very funny. And they'll laugh and they'll enjoy and they'll giggle but they'll also hear a wonderful, life-transforming message. It's like, wow, it's coming here. I'm saying to you, church, let's risk, yeah? Let's take a risk. It's like, I want to be part of something that is, is about a risk culture, about a daring culture. Let us all, let us dare greatly. Let us dare greatly. As I'm coming towards the end, I told you that I was a youth pastor in Barnsley. And often on a Sunday night after the service, we would go to a park and I'd take all the young people. And my wife was, I think she was seven or eight months pregnant at the time. And after the service, it was about eight o'clock, half past eight on a Sunday night, we were in this park. I'm the youth pastor. And there was a gang of lads from Barnsley that were been taking drugs all day. And they came down the hill 
I'll never forget it because they punched one of the little 13-year-old girls in the face. She fell onto the ground and then these guys are all round my seven-month pregnant wife. And I'm kind of a little bit away. Now you've got to understand something about me is I'm not a fighter. I'm not a big, brave, tough guy. I'm a bit of a wimp. And that, I have this moment. I'm terrified there's loads of these guys in this gang. They're all high on something. And I'm thinking, whoa. But something happened inside of me. Something happened that was bigger and greater than the fear. Because I saw those young people and I thought, I'm willing to fight for this generation. Something happened inside of me that thought, my wife's there, seven, eight months pregnant. I'm not just going to step back and allow my wife and my newborn baby to get hurt, my unborn baby to get hurt. I'm like, something went on inside of me. I grab a couple of our older youth leaders and there's three of us and we step and we tell the young kids to go back to the minibuses and the cars and I tell my wife to go and she's waddling down the hill and then there's three of us and there's this big gang and they are like, they are off their heads. Now, what an amazing story it would be if I told you that I looked at them and says, I come to you in the name of Jesus and suddenly angels began to appear all over there and we took them and we put them all in hospital. That didn't happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. We took a beating. Myself and these two guys, we took a beating and we ended up in A&E. But you know, everybody got home safe and all the kids got home safe. My wife was safe because this is the deal. This is the principle that I want to communicate. Bravery is not the absence of fear. Bravery is not the absence of fear, but it's when something in your innermost being rises up that is bigger and greater than the fear that lurks in your heart. When you have that moment where you're like, oh, there is something bigger than the fear. There is something greater than the fear. And you know, I had that moment where I thought, I am going to fight for this generation. And church, there's a lot to be frightened out there about. There's a lot to be frightened about. Whether, oh, can we mention Jesus in this environment? Can we talk about God in that setting? There's a lot for us to be worried about. But I tell you, I'm speaking to your soul right now. And I'm saying, oh, that you would be strong and courageous. I'm looking at some of you young guys and I'm saying, are you willing to stand up and fight for a generation? Are you willing to say, do you know what? We want to see our schools radically turned around in the name of Jesus. We want to see neighborhoods turned around in the name of the Lord. You see, I told you this wonderful story about me being at Edinburgh Festival, wanting to lift the name of Jesus up. But I tell you, two years ago, I was in that back room on the first night and I'm pacing around. I'm pacing up and down. I'm just about to go on stage and I am terrified. And my dad comes in and my dad says to me, oh, it's busy out there. There's a lot of people out there. <laughs> Thanks for that, dad. He goes, what's up with you? He goes, what's up with you? I goes, oh, dad, I don't think I've ever been scared like this before. I goes, I'm, I'm terrified. He looks at me, he says, people have paid tickets for you to be funny. He says, you better get funny. 
Stad, you better go and find mom and leave me alone. That's what you better do. You see, the deal is something big and great happened inside of me that said, you know what? I'm going to fight for a generation. And in two weeks' time, I'm at Leicester Comedy Festival. I'm up there. I'm terrified. I'm doing it. It would be easier for me to buy a tent and get a white suit and have an organ player. Yeah, just be an evangelist and just do that. That would be easier for me. I want that. As I'm saying that now, I want that. If there's an organ player, let's go and do it now. I'm going to be on that stage and I'm going to be terrified. But bravery is not the absence of fear. It's when something deep in your soul rises up and says, I want to fight for this generation. I don't know if the musicians can just come and join me now. Um, when I'm traveling around the world, often I'm preaching in these big venues and you're in the middle of preaching and you're preaching and suddenly, while you're preaching, the keyboard player starts playing. Like that. Like that. Funny, I'm the funny guy. I'm the funny guy. You're the keyboard player, I'm the funny guy. That's what I'm saying. Is it your, is it your face on the poster? No, it's my face on the poster. I mean, everyone's a funny man, eh? So the thing is, it's like, this is what happens. You're preaching, and then the keyboard player starts playing behind you. Basically, that's like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, yeah, I think we've, we've all heard enough from you now. Let's wrap up, yeah? And that was cool. And so my wife bought one at home. She's got one at home, just starts playing. Okay, Mark, that's enough. Wrap up. We've heard that story now. Let's go, let's go. I felt such a privilege being able to come and bring a stirring word for you today. But as we're in this room, I know that there are some people that have strayed, strayed from God. That you are far from home. And God calls you home. He calls you to come and to take that leap of faith and to jump into the arms of God. God will not see you crashing on the rocks, but He will rescue you. What I'm going to do in just a moment is I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes, and I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And today, if that's you, you know that you've strayed from God, I'm going to ask you that you pray that prayer. Don't say it out loud so people can hear, but pray it in your heart today. And then I'm going to say amen, and I'm going to ask us to keep our heads bowed for a couple more moments. And I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm going to count to three, and on three, I'm just going to ask you to raise up your hand. I've brought, I've brought some books with me that I would love for you to have. And as your hand's up in the air, someone from the team will just come and put it in your hand you put it under your chair and that's that's all that's going to happen but in this room right now I know that there are people that have strayed from God and God is calling you home as our heads are bowed as our eyes are closed why don't you pray this prayer right now this is the prayer dear God I'm sorry that I've strayed from you I come home I come home I take that leap of faith 
and I throw myself into your arms. Thank you that you forgive me and that you accept me. In Jesus' name. As every head's bowed, as every eye's closed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that after three, you just raise your hand and we'll get that book into your hand right now. One, two, three. That's amazing. If the team could come, that's wonderful. Just keep them up till we get those in your hand. We'd love for everyone. Amazing that there are people all over the room right now with their hands up. That is absolutely fantastic. Just having this moment where we're just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for people all over the room with their hands up. Father, you are awesome and good. We thank you, God, for people who are on an amazing journey that have started on this incredible journey. May they know what it is to have you as a lifetime companion, God. In Jesus' name. Church, we're in the presence of God. Could we stand in the presence of God right now? I'm going to be over and finished in a couple of minutes, but I feel so inspired. I can't just talk about being strong and courageous and just end in the service in a neat and lovely and tidy way. I can't ask you guys to be strong and courageous and then just finish the service in a nice kind of, well, let's all go and have dinner now. But I feel so stirred that there will be people in this room that as I've been speaking, you've been like, oh God, I want to fight for this generation. Oh God, there's something stirring up inside of me, Father, that, that, that's just renewed that flame again, that God... I'm not just going to step back. I'm not just going to allow the enemy to obliterate a generation. But God, there's something inside of me that's burning and raging that I would fight for this generation. It's like the devil wants to rip this area off. It's like Satan wants to destroy and kill and steal. And we choose whether we just step back and allow it to happen or say, God, we're here. We'll fight for a generation. So this is what I'm going to do, church. I'm just going to count to three again. And if that's you, whatever you are, I'm going to ask that you would just come and stand at the front. And I've got a prayer inside of me that God would stir you up again. That there would be a fire burning in your soul. There would be a sense that says, God, that you would make me brave on the inside. God, it's not about, oh, Father God, kind of just giving in to my fear and saying I'm going to play an easy life. But it's about me standing up and having a conviction that is greater than my fears. If that's you, then on three, I'm just going to ask you to come. One, two, three. You come right now, wherever you are. Push past your mates and come and stand at the front here. That's amazing. That's incredible. Holy God. Holy God. Where are you? Come on. Push past. Push past the line and get yourself down here. Don't let anything hold you back from being where you know you should be. That's amazing, incredible. Sure. Sure.
Father God. Holy God. Come on, church, let's raise up our hands to heaven right now. Let's raise up our hands to heaven right now. Oh, God. Oh, God, that you would stir something up inside of us, God. That you would stir something up inside of us, oh, God. We know, oh, God, that it's not about the absence of fear, but it's about that conviction, that conviction burning within us, burning within us. And, oh, God, we would fight for a generation. That we would fight for a generation. Oh God, that you would put a fire within us that would not be put out. That God, that whatever the enemy tries, we would, God, be burning for souls. That we would be burning for this generation. Jesus. Jesus. We pray for tonight. Reach up your hands to heaven. We pray for tonight. That while we're having fun, when we're laughing, God, we pray that right in this place that the cross would be lifted high, that people would connect with God, that we would have an amazing night that would be defining for many in the name of Jesus. Let's give God a massive hand clap.